once the world was full of wonders, but it belongs to humans now. We creatures have all but disappeared. Demons, vampires and witches, hiding in plain sight, fearful of discovery, ill at ease even with each other. Once again, to a discovery of witches, demons, and vampires podcast, a weekly podcast to discuss every episode of season two of a discovery of witches on various <laughs> channels such as Shutter, Shutter, AMC, uh, uh, Sky, and a few other shows throughout uh, the UK. Um, this is a TV show based off of the All Souls Trilogy books written by Deborah Harkness. Uh, the show is a British production um, starring Teresa Palmer, Matthew Good, among others. Uh, the show is getting excellent reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, and it is uh, getting a lot of buzz on Twitter and various other social networks as season two has begun. This is the second episode of our podcast because we did a recap of season one in our first episode. And this is the f basically essentially the first uh, episode to discuss season two. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. And with me in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you, sir? Doing well. Excellent. And in the state of Missouri. Hi, this is Kevin. Kevin, how are you, sir? Doing all right. Excellent. Uh, for folks who are curious, uh, this is January 10th, 2021, that we are recording this Sunday. Uh, the show premiered in the United States on January 9th, and I believe in the UK on January 8th. Uh, or at least this episode of season two. Uh, this episode title uh, has none. They don't actually name their titles like a lot of shows. Uh, it is simply uh, Season 2, Episode 1, uh, directed by Farron Blackburn, uh, is a well-known uh, television actor, not actor, television uh, director of such uh, things as uh, Daredevil, Iron Fist, Defenders, um, did uh, some other things such as The Innocents, Shut In, and a few other things. Uh it is written by Sarah Dollard, a television screenwriter out of uh, the UK, but um, was originally an Australian. Um, so there is no uh, viewership yet. Um, and actually the viewership is for the British, uh, but still at this point it's uh, empty, zero, none. Um, all right, I think we can uh, 
get into our discussion tonight. Um, so, uh, for folks who uh, listened to the prior episode, we left off uh, our season one, where our heroes have time tripped. I think it's tripped is is what it's called um, to another period, and uh, we were actually debating what that period was going to be. Um, for some reason, they, meaning our heroes, knew generally where they were going, but uh, I don't know if it was relayed to us, the audience, where they were going in the past and what area of the world, or it was just surprised and put upon us as we uh, began uh, this episode. Uh, what is your thoughts, dude? I, I don't honestly. I, I I remember when we were discussing that conversation, which oddly was back in November because um, we recorded episode one re- or episode one season one recap in November of 2020. Uh, but I, I was saying that I was curious if they were going to go to like Teutonic Germany or um, Sweden, Norway, or who knows and. Um, it appears that they actually landed up in 1590 London or the area of London. And uh, that kind of surprised me because I, I had no idea. What about you guys? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't remember what the what the year was. But, um, yeah, it's definitely London um, because you have characters like, you know, uh, Sir Walter Raleigh. And it looked like they had uh, William Shakespeare in there. They never call him by his last name, but. When the guy's in the pub and he calls him William and he looks like William Shakespeare, I figured, oh, okay, so they're kind of dropping him in there, too. But then they also showed the building of the first St. Paul's Cathedral, um, which I thought was quite fascinating. And also she was talking about, well, I'm in Cambridge, you know, and everybody's just like, you know, nobody was speaking in in an accent other than British, except for Diana. But other than that everybody was speaking in British and everybody was talking, uh, you know, as if they were talking about London or at least England. No, but Kevin, did you guess, were you assuming they were going to go to there, but prior to season two uh, premiere, or were you still not sure where they were going to go until we actually saw it on screen? I thought they were going to go to England. Okay. All right. So, so you were, you were pretty much on board, um, yeah, because they were in the Finger Lakes in New York State, and when they time tripped, uh, you can also not only change the year, but you can also change the location. Uh, what about you, Bart? Um, I thought they were going to go to England, but I didn't know what exact time period. I knew it was going to be in the past, but how far? I didn't think they'd be going that far back, but I guess it makes sense. Well, they were talking, I mean, they were making it sound like it's going to be a couple hundred years. And when you look at their garb before they left, I mean, it definitely looked uh, Renaissance-ish. So that's that's why I was, so. I mean, when they hit, you know, 1590, I wasn't particularly surprised. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I actually wasn't even sure if the, if they were going to even go further back and go to like the dark ages. Um, that was a possibility I thought. I also thought there was a possibility they could have landed up in Victorian London, you know, with Jack the Ripper and all that type of stuff going on. Um, but either way, uh, 1590, uh, is an interesting time. Uh, 
uh, basically a hundred years after the the New World was uh, discovered by the European, uh, I guess, uh, adventurers, or if people prefer, um, if not discovered, uh, no, known by the European settlers, uh, because in 1492 was when. Uh, Christopher Columbus uh, set sail and, and discovered uh, the Caribbean islands uh, back in the day. Um, so, yeah, well, I guess we can get into the atmosphere of uh, the time period. Um, I'm not well, too familiar it, with... Just, I'm sorry, just quickly, didn't... Like, when they showed the chess piece, did they mention when uh, or any details about when he... Like, how long ago uh, he he had that chess piece? Because that was... I mean, that was kind of the marker for them was that chess piece. Gotcha. Yeah, it must have been 1590, I guess, or at least around that time period, right? Oh, yeah. Because, well, he said but, he got her, they were there like the right area, the right time, the right day, and everything like that. Just He was just hoping it, to be more outside of the city rather than inside it. Right, yeah, they were off by 30 miles or, so, or something of that nature, I guess. Right. But, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's interesting that they chose to actually place it in London rather than, say, the outside the city, uh, because obviously outside the city during that time frame would simply look like the middle of nowhere, Vermont or West Virginia or New Hampshire or Missouri, for that matter. So um, I guess to get it more atmospheric, more interesting, why not place it in the big city uh, um, and whatnot. Um, so, uh, what do you guys think of, uh, the big city, uh, for 1590 London? Again, I'm not too familiar with the, with, uh, the UK at that time. Um, uh, not, not familiar with it at all, to be honest. Um, well, as far as this look, I have no idea, but it looked good. Yeah. I thought it looked fantastic. Now, granted is, I mean, I'm looking back on it. I mean, you're looking at the times that they tried to develop or they tried to uh, model that for Renaissance festivals, you know? And so as, as you're mentioning it, it did look a little like it was part of a Renaissance festival, just bigger, more scale and a little bit more dirty, which kind of makes sense considering the fact that, um, you know, that time, uh, you know, that sanitation wasn't really a, a thing for them. But, um, you know, of course, I mean, the, the garb that they dressed up in definitely looked, uh, you know, Renaissance with especially the, the things around the necks and all that and all that sort of fun stuff. So, um, you know, I just I really loved the setting. I, I really thought it looked great. Yeah. From the costumes to the setting and the way they did the, the views of the city, which they didn't do just a few. They did a lot of scenes. Right. The city, I was very impressed with, with the feel of everything that they did. And they, you know, like the streets felt closed in, a lot of alleyways. It, it just, it felt real to me. I mean, I've been in, I've been in different parts of England. Um, like I've been up in York and York is kind of what it reminded me a little bit of because you had some spots in York that, you know, they really didn't do a whole lot since the run. I mean, obviously they, you know, they made sure that it would be safe and upkeep and all that sort of thing. But they it had like the leaning, you know, the leaning front walls over the streets and things like that, which, 
you know, which that was what they had in, in this show, I think. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, for what, uh, for, uh, well, basically, um, uh, for folks who are curious, uh, it was like from five hundred eighty to like fifteen hundred eighty, or right before fifteen hundred eighty, uh, was was the Dark Ages, or, or well, not the Dark Ages, the, the mi- medieval period, and then the Renaissance period occurs like right after that, and that's what uh, Kevin's referring to, which is basically, um, if not a super modernization. And enlightenment, as as I guess we're seeing um, in the past 50 years in the modern era, um, a huge uh, upheaval and change uh, period from the Dark Ages, medieval era to um, I guess what 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 we 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 see now, um, and um, that's where terms like the Age of Enlightenment come from, and then eventually the Romantic period and all these other things. Um, science, obviously discovery, uh, religious enlightenment and, uh, religious, um, um, if not break up, uh, uh, differences occurred and all these other things that in the Christianity for that, for example, uh, and whatnot. And, uh, this period of time would be for, by hysterians, if asked would say is an exciting period in time, especially in such areas as London, which was one of the, the golden cities of that era. Um, anyone want to add to the Renaissance versus medieval time versus the stuff that followed, such as romanticism and, and whatnot? Anyone, well, anyone a lot want? of it also <clears throat> because one of the things that really made me um, – and I actually dare to do some uh, looking up online is uh, when she talked about St. Paul's Cathedral, because there have been a couple different uh, versions of that building, because there was one, uh, let's see, the, the, the norm, the, what was, <laughs> I'm just reading the, the work on the cathedral that they have, that they, they have on the show. They said it took uh, over 200 years and it was delayed by a fire in 1135. Um, but then something happened and they start, they had to, um, see structure, the cathedral was all, uh, in decline in the early 1600s. So they had to do some restoration work. So, yeah, so that's, that's kind of when you're going to, uh, you know, the, the building that they have, and this is in 1666, uh, Sir Christopher Wren, uh, had to, um, he had pretty much he designed it because there was a great fire in London, so they pretty much had to rebuild it. So that kind of makes sense why it was in the middle of construction, and I mean it took them a couple hundred years to do it too. I was going to say, keep in mind we're we're only like 150 years from the Gutenberg press having been invented. So yeah, you've got books, you know, things like that. It's really started the Renaissance period off. Oh yeah. Yeah. Also of interest, uh, speaking of uh, St. Peter's Cathedral, um, our lead character, um, she actually has a great line in in the show, too, which is, um, it looks so big and tall when there's no skyscrapers, right? Because uh, yeah. at, at that period of, of time in London, that 
was one of the largest and tallest buildings in the city compared to obviously now. Oh, one of the interesting things I saw too was while I was looking around was that that Christopher Marlowe guy we were talking about is actually a historical figure. Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, um, uh, following uh, folks on Twitter because uh, they did a live uh, viewing uh, in the United States, uh, surrounded by uh, Deborah Harkness, uh, the writer of the, of the novels, um, and so there was like a watch party online. So I guess they're doing it every week. Deborah said Harkness said she's going to do it every week. Um, and one of the things they were talking about is that the character that um, uh, Matthew Claremont, uh, or I should say Matthew Good, plays, he plays Matthew Claremont, but Matthew Claremont back in those days was known as, um, was it Michael Royce, was it? Uh, Royden. Yeah, yeah, okay. That, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was known as... Matthew Royden, not Michael, I'm sorry, uh, Matthew Royden, who actually may have been a real character in history as well. And um, someone, and I think it may have been uh, Harkness herself, uh, actually put a link out uh, to the, the person, um, uh, you, know, you know, to explain who he was. And I didn't bother checking the link because I was, I was just way too busy today to, to do that. But um, I'm assuming that there is uh, a number of folks because uh, I just opened it up now. Matthew Royden uh, was an English poet, died in 1622, and was associated with the School of Night group of poets and writers. And uh, the School of Night is actually um, talked about uh, in this episode. So, yeah, it appears that Matthew Royden, that human being in, in real life, exists in real life, not just as uh, the a pseudonym of Matthew Clear on, on, on the TV show. Yeah. It's kind of neat how the historical things are, are really being done fairly well from what I can tell. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, because, you know, they could just use all fake character names and, and no one would know the difference, but um, it appears they're, they're definitely trying to, um, I guess, root it in, in somewhat of a reality. And uh, since, uh, uh, our author, um, uh, Deborah Harkness, wrote the the books, um, and she's the one that sent out the link about uh, Royden. Um, it, it appears that she uh, was intentionally doing so when she wrote the novels and and then the TV series. Uh, they're they're basically following along. Um, now, uh, what did you guys think of the? And I mentioned this offline to you, Barrett, earlier today. Um, the, the uh, I guess the sky shots of London, and I thought that was pretty cool for a number of reasons. Because one, obviously, London at that time didn't have electricity, so it's not going to be as bright as say, you know, London would be today. Never mind any, you know, city in in Asia for that matter, which is all neon and whatnot. Um, but it still had enough, you know, interesting lights of, of flame and, and gas, like, like oil or that type of gas, um, lighting up the city here and there. And I think they also were smart enough to do it mostly at night. And I, this is what I said to you, Barrett, because um, since obviously that has to be CGI, because there's, there's no way you can have a, a London of 1590 unless it's CGI or a model. 
but to cover up any weakness in CGI. And, and Barrett, you were the one that actually mentioned this to me offline, which is since it's a TV show, its budget obviously can't be as big as, say, a Hollywood film. Um, then, you know, this is this is a smart thing because it looked real without showing any of the flaws of CGI because basically a, a lot of a lot of movies intentionally have such type of shots done at nighttime so it would hide any issues that people would otherwise have if it was a daylight shot yeah yeah i think they did a really good job with that and how they did it and it it, it definitely they've done a really well really good job of making the city look real to me oh yeah yeah they did all right, so that's pretty much a setup. Um, but before we we get into the rest of London and talk, start talking about that story, I guess we should start and talk about the the one scene of importance that started in that that took place in in the modern era, and that's when our three villains, uh, the vampire guy from uh, Italy, Venice, which I forget his name, uh, and I believe his character is actually based off a real person as well, um, and then uh, um, the Finnish witch. And of course, um, the guy from uh, Game of Thrones, uh, the Finnish witch is a Satu, and then uh, the guy from uh, Game of Thrones is uh, Peter Knox. Uh, so Owen Teal is the actor, and the Finnish witch is played by Malin Buska. Um, so our three villains find the the location of where they time tripped, and kind of figure out that. They have time tripped. Now, I haven't watched the season finale of season one since I think October. Um, where was it again that they? What building was it again that they time tripped out of again? Was it? It was uh, her oh. her guardian, like her aunt's um, cottage in upstate I, New York. Okay. Now that being the case, when these three villains appear how 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 did they get they don't show how they get in and it doesn't show where her aunt is either well no remember they burst okay. the door yeah they burst the door open but then re- at the end of season one at the last episode they all pretty much packed into a car and drove away because they okay. knew, yeah because they, knew the, they knew the bad people were coming so they're like, all right, you know, we got to get out of here before, you know, it's too late. And um, so they figured, all right, they'll, they'll leave. And they got prepared. And so they they didn't know what I mean, the um, the bad guys, you know, didn't know what time, what what period they left. They just know that they traveled in time. They don't know what they just don't know when. But I understand your confusion there a little bit, Phil, because it seems like her aunts are back at that place later on. And, but you don't know time span because <laughs> when it shows them talking about it, you know, what's going on. It's a very short. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I mean, obviously like, like the, the, the coming like next week, like next week on, because we don't see them at all. In no, we see the ants in this episode. It's what a quick scene. We see the ants. Yeah, we see them for a quick scene. It's a quick scene. They're in the place, and they're talking about what's happened. Yeah, they probably just came back because they figured the bad guys have gone. 
Right, but it doesn't it doesn't give you any sense of how much time has passed. You end with the bad guys there, then you go back in history, and then you come back to the ants, and they're there. So it's, yeah. it just feels a little off-putting. Right, right. Well, and, and that's the thing about time travel shows. Um, since technically any time can happen at any point, um, because... You know, time is, uh, I don't know, they say it's linear in, in real life, but in this t- case, there is no, no linear, it's, a, it's another dimension and stuff. So what's happening with the bad guys, Peter Knox and all them, technically isn't necessarily happening the same amount of time that our heroes are in 1590. Because, you know, let's say the heroes are down there for t- for two months but they time trip back to the present one minute after they left. They 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 were there two months. In the modern time when they return, feels only two months to them, but everybody else it feels like one minute because they just disappeared for a minute. You know, see what I'm saying? Well, and we also have the oddity of like he replaced himself in the past, like his his other self got pushed out. They're not sure of that, but that's right. what they think. So that's a little weird, too. Yeah, so basically, rather than, like, we've seen some movies like Primer or Back to the Future or whatever, where characters time travel to the past and they see their own self in the past. Right. But in this show here, based off of the exposition, because, again, it's only exposition. We're, we're, we're not really 100% sure, but I'm assuming the exposition was there just so we could get the idea that, you know, to not worry about thinking of, are we going to see the other version yeah. of good, you know, Matthew Good's character. So what they did instead was say, when Matthew's good character travels back in time, he displaces his other self and the other self just disappears until he leaves and goes back to his present time is the way they're explaining it. Right. Am I, I'm right. I'm on that. That's what yeah. they think. Yeah. Yeah. That's their theory. <laughs> right. Okay. And another thing that makes it a somewhat interestingly and convenient, uh, as well for, um, the Matthew Claremont character as being Matthew Royden in the past is not only does he have to not worry about having a, his double there, but his double had been in Scotland for a month or so at by that point and wasn't supposed to be back for another few months. Um, so when he appears, um, he, he basically, um, I don't know what I'm getting at, except that, that, they're just assuming he's came back from Scotland and that's why he's dressed differently and all this other stuff instead of suddenly just being dressed, um, as, as they would have expected that day had he just displaced his old self, had that his old self not been in Scotland. Right. And he gets in trouble for being there cause he wasn't supposed to come back that early. That's right. Yeah. And that was one of the things too, is that he has to explain to you, uh, Diana, is that since he's now back in London and that's not where they were supposed to be, he has to, I guess, tie up knots and 
and correct any issues that otherwise wouldn't have been happened had they just teleported 30 miles out of the city as they had hoped to and not involved any of the people that he knows in London. Yep. All right. So, all right. So the reason they're back in London was two reasons. We, we were talking about, me and Barrett were talking about offline right before you joined us, uh, Kevin, and before we started recording for this episode, was to escape the bad guys and to go back and get the book. And, and the book, what's it called again? It's uh, something, it's it's a word plus a number. Um, well, I mean, they had a different names for it. Like a- one- Ashmall 782, is it? I don't remember. Okay, but, well, that's the book from the library, so I assume that's it, but continue. Well, I mean, they were calling it different things. Like, one guy called it Book of Life, the other one called it, like, a Book of Origins or something like that. It was, um, yeah, they they had different, they had different words for it. Okay, yep. Yeah, I can't think of the name. Yeah, but either way, they they went back to get it, and and Barrett mentioned offline that he kind of remembered. What what did you kind of remember? What happened? The reason they had to go back in time instead of just going back to the Cambridge Library again? If I remember correctly, I thought she had tried to get the book one time again and wasn't able to in the first season, not in this season. (laughs) Right. Okay. So that that makes sense that, yeah, why not go back to when the book was uh, in the possession of someone that they, they knew, for example. Yeah. Uh, all right. So who wants to give a quick synopsis of this episode? Because uh, me and Barrett, were, right before you joined us, Kevin, we're trying to decipher it just a little bit. Um, so maybe maybe you have a better understanding of what happened than we do well okay it, i mean it starts off um i mean pretty much right after i mean it's like no no time has passed um you know since uh you know the end of season one you now because in other words they you know they get ready the door bursts open just as they're about ready to pretty much teleport back in time and that I mean, and so that's pretty much what happens, and and nothing, nothing else really. Um, I don't know how I explain it. It's just it's like they 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 get out in the nick of time. Essentially, they get out in the nick of time because they figured, okay, well, let's go back to where I think it was. They knew when that book was available. But also, or at least uh, they knew that that book was yeah a little bit a better chance of it being available. But then they also, as I said, they went by a lot with that one little chess piece because the because Matthew recognized the the, ch- the chess piece and said, "Hey, okay, I know when I lost saw that I lost that in a bed or something like that, and that's the last time I saw it." So he knew, okay, that's when to go. But he also figured. He had to go to some place where the bad guys could not find them, could not get them, and um, what else was there? Could not find them, could not get them, 
and uh, something else, but mostly um, also yeah, so they can find the book and also so they can find somebody to train her because she knew that they, you know, I mean, that her, her aunt or, you know, her, her aunt and her aunt's partner could train her, but she needed she actually, seriously, she just needed time. She needed time to get away and be safe while she built up her, her abilities. So that's, so that's another bonus for being away in time so that no one else could get to her. And so while they were gone, uh, so while they're in this time, um, you know, first of all, the, the, the animosity between witches and the vampires is very high. And it got to the end, but it also sounds like that, that, uh, the covenant, what they called it from the first season where you couldn't have a relationship between species that did not exist yet because nobody mentioned it. And so he comes back and they all think that she bewitched Matthew where he says, no, no, I, I'm not bewitched. And, um, the, the, the woman of the house, the kind of the housekeeper if you will when she was helping the diana change into more uh, to a better dress you know she sees the scars on her back because she was very skeptical of her at first but then when she sees the scars on her back and the woman's and diana said oh yeah another witch did that that kind of that kind of shows her oh okay so you are you know this isn't a trap you are rebelling against your own kind and so you actually because after that she says We'll get you. We'll get you a whole road wardrobe that'll suit you better. You know, she became a, a lot more supportive after that. After that moment, and I think it's just this whole time they're trying to figure out what to do with what what to do with her. And um, I mean, it got to the point where you know they get Sir Wal- you know, Sir Walter Raleigh and the the Earl of Northumbridge or what North Northumbro whatever I don't remember, but they. Uh, Humans, but very friendly humans. It was pretty fun, actually, just with a lot of some of the things around. And then at one point, a witch finds her and Diana. And so she starts following her around. And then they finally catch, you know, she loses the woman. uh, She loses the witch. But then they find her the next day. And she's like, well, I'm not going to teach her. And, um, and then Diana does something that shows her to be very powerful. And we're still not sure what, what the big deal is, but the, the woman's pretty, the other witch is pretty freaked out because Diana, instead of lighting a candle remotely, she essentially ages a, a bowl of fruit into essentially nothing. And the, the witch pretty much freaks out because she realizes that she's very, very powerful. And that's about all I, you know, and that that's all I really remember right off the top of my head. Yeah, right, that sounds good. That's pretty much uh, an excellent uh, quick wrap-up of the episode. Uh, so I guess we can get into uh, any specifics, uh, scenes, uh, commentary on, on, on any, of the, any of the actions with the characters, um, and so on. Um, Barrett, what do you got? What, what did you want to talk about first or what do you want to talk about first there is a lot going on in this episode um oh yeah yeah i mean it's it's very dense with a lot of things going on a lot of different factions 
Um, it's you really have to pay attention. Um, one of the scenes I thought was interesting was when she goes out by herself. She's not supposed to, and she sees that witch. Did it seem to anyone else like that witch was glowing? Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't just me. I just wanted to make sure. So that was kind of neat. I thought that scene was pretty cool. Like she has some kind of ability to recognize either other people or a specific person, um, which was kind of. Well, it seemed like that that witch found her because at one point when she see because I thought the the witch the other one she kind of looks back at um, you know at Diana and says follow me. You know that I mean, okay, that that's what I thought uh, was going on, but uh, you know I could be wrong. But um, but she doesn't follow her. She stops there. Sees she her, well, no, that woman she follows oh. her, follows her around, but then she loses her. Yeah, you know she loses her, and that's when you know he comes. You know when he comes back, Matthew is pretty torqued off with her because he's like, you know, you left without me. And, you know, and he's trying to, and you know she's kind of doing this. Um, you know, you can't keep me, uh, you know, barred up. I don't want to be in a prison. You know, meanwhile, Matthew's trying to explain to her, you don't know where you're going. You don't know the people around here. This is not your, you know, this is not, you know, your time. This is not your land. This is mine. You know, this is my territory. You know, this is his time. And it's, She's she's kind of getting a little uppity at him, but he's trying to save her. I mean, he's she's he's trying to keep her out of trouble, and she doesn't really get that. I don't think she really understands that. Well, because he's doing his own thing. Well, yeah, he wants, he wants to do it himself, but he wants <laughs> do as I say, not as I do, basically. Well, he knows. That. Well, the thing is, is that this is his area. I mean, this is. I mean, people know him, and people are going to recognize that. Oh, hey, Matthew's back. What on earth is Matthew doing doing back? And so he can't. That's why he said at the beginning, "I wish we were out in the out in the countryside, so that people wouldn't recognize him." I and, understand that. I just think that I, if I were her, I'd feel the same way. He's going out, taking chances, but won't let me go out, and she's doing what I would expect. I, I don't know, because I mean, I mean if it was me, though, I mean, I, I get her objection, but I mean, my whole problem is, is that she does not know her way around. She does not know the type of, uh, well, she doesn't know the type of danger she could be in. I mean, she really doesn't. I mean, she's in a place that, you know, and, and I mean, she's in old London. She does not know old London. She does not know um, anybody there. Matthew does. And Matthew pretty much, and Matthew said, you know, I have to, um, essentially, he, he said, he, you know, I have to try to reestablish myself. You know, he's not happy about that because I think he understands that he was not a great guy back then. And he's just, he, he does not want, he doesn't want her in danger. Yeah, I, it's it was an interesting thing because um, right, yeah, he he definitely was being hidden and shady with her, and he went out and he said I have to work things out uh, with people that I guess weren't expecting me to be here at this point, and so on and so forth. So he has to go 
and do damage control, I guess, PR, or, or, that, or so he says. Obviously, she's not too happy about it because he's trying to say stay at the house and whatever. He uses the excuse that people know she's a witch, and some of the people that he knows, including the people that live in the house that they're visiting, don't like witches. Um, so he's supposedly, at least sounds like he wants to keep her safe, and that's the reason. Also, as as you said, Kevin, this is his area. He um, knows this area. She, you know, she's brand new to 1590. Um of course, there, there, there was a scene where she fights back, and on on uh, social media, there was a lot of talk, especially from uh, uh, the woman viewers, saying "You go, girl," because you know they they figured felt that um, they were, should work as a team, not individually. As Diana says to him, you know, we're a team. I'm here to protect you. You're here to protect me. We're not working uh, solo, um, and that makes sense too. Uh, back into old roles that you would expect back in that time period. Women shouldn't, you know, be taking part in things and stuff like that. So well, also like when he was talking with uh, Sir Walter Raleigh and uh, I'm sorry, the other guy that was hard of hearing, you know, I mean, she, he says, you stand out one. You don't know. You talk different. And, yeah, she has an accent. Yeah. Well, because she has the accent, but also they said the manner of your words is different. You know, so this is, you know, you got to, you know, you don't want to pretty much yell, you know, hail out, hey, you know, I'm a witch. Hey, come and get me. You know, I mean, she doesn't, they, they don't want her to be, um, well, they, they don't, um, they don't want her to stand out. So she's got to, you know, she's not ready to get out there yet. Be, I mean, I, I don't like the idea of her cooped up, but at the same time, I'm thinking safety-wise, she could she can get herself into trouble because all somebody has to do is bump into her, and all she has to say is "Oh, excuse me," and they all like, "Wait a minute, what? Wait, who's this? What? Hey, huh?" And they'll, um, you know, there may there may be a problem. Right, because at that time, uh, cities specifically were not. Uh, call, you know, called "quote unquote" international cities. You, you know, like if you go to uh, big cities nowadays, wh- whether it's Toronto or Washington D.C. or London or Paris or Madrid or, or Lisbon or wherever, those cities now are 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 part of the country they are in, but their people are very diverse of uh, melting pots or or even. Uh, toss salads if you prefer, because a lot of people now um, don't uh, think identity is more important than melting together. So, what what that means is someone in in 1590 would stick out like a sore thumb if they're and you know because she's supposed to be an American, you know, with an American accent, American mannerisms, and also uh, present day mannerisms and present day present day language versus you know, whatever old English was in 1590. So she's going to stand out. Uh, but we also find out another interesting aspect is he's also hiding uh, secrets from her. That's, I think, is maybe the real reason why he wants her to stay in the house more so than him trying to protect her because of what we learned 
very soon in the episode. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? That it was more uh, him and his secrets rather than uh, him trying to protect her. Well, I mean, I think, yeah, it was him and his secrets, but then later on, his friend, his so-called friend Kit, goes to a local pub and pretty much tells everybody, oh, yeah, there's a witch here. Because uh, there was one point later, you know, she's out in the day, she's out during the day and everybody's avoiding her. You know, and that's when Matthew's pretty torqued off with the guy and he says, hey, you know, (laughs) you know, yeah, because... and I don't remember what he did. Oh, what well, they ended up telling Kit as a result is, look, we're from the future. We need help. You're not making it easy on us. Well, you got to keep in mind, too, that eventually he and Diane, Diana are together. Yeah. And he tells her that he's never going to be what you think he is. You should not trust him, basically, is how he comes across. That's what I got out of that. Um, so... It's making you wonder a little bit more about him. And he well, must this, this is at in that time period. Yeah, I mean, remember, this is also the Matthew that, you know, that the Matthew that it, it seems, you know, Matthew was not very happy about being, you know, because he, he made mention of that. says, you know, I have to be this, that guy again, and I don't want to be. Yeah, but let's, let's talk about this new version of Matthew Claremont, uh, basically him as, as Matthew Ryan. And um, we're, we're discovering that he is a, supposed to be a, a Roman Catholic in a time where uh, the UK is, is basically overthrown the, the Roman Catholics and, and have become um, the church of England, or if you prefer Anglican, or if you prefer Episcopalian, and so at this time, uh, as, as we, we've seen in many, many times, and even in some cases today, um, religious uh, intolerance, uh, of, uh, and in this case, the Catholics, there's religious intolerance of the Catholics. And so Claremont, or, or Rondon, is supposed to be from France as a spy, and then that's the first thing of note. And the second thing of note is, is that he's also supposed to be a individual that is selling out the Catholics mm-hmm. in Episcopal right. London. So in other words, similar to almost, uh, for a more modern take, even though this is over, uh, 90 years old now or 80 years old now, um, like in, in, Europe during World War II, when folks would would point out to the the fascist governments who a Jew or who a gypsy or who a, uh, a Jehovah Witness was, and then they would be rounded up and, and brought to camps, and 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 God forbid whatever else happened to them. Um, and what happened in this period of time, similar to the Spanish Inquisition, where the Spanish Inquisition, if you were Jewish or or Muslim or Protestant, you were you were basically the same thing happened. You were rounded up, and and God forbid what what you know your fate. Here in 1590, London, the same thing was happening too. But in this case, it was with the uh, Catholics uh, who were the ones that had to hide their identity or be 
imprisoned and, and God forbid, whatever else happens to them. You know, I mean, I mean, it happened everywhere. I mean, the Huguenots, which were the Protestants of France, that happened to them. Uh, and and you're in England specifically. It wasn't just the Catholics that had to wear it. It had to be. It was the Puritans. It was all all the folks that had to wear. It. That's that's why um, a lot of, a lot of them left England. A, a lot of Huguenots left France, and a lot of Puritans left England was because they were fleeing their so-called majority religion over there. So the, the Puritans were, and the Catholics that were fleeing um, England from the Episcopals, and then the Huguenots were fleeing the Catholics in France. So everybody was doing it. So everybody's guilty of it. It just happened to be whoever was the majority in that country. If you were a minority religion, you were doomed. What I and, find interesting about that is that he is a vampire, but he's involved in this religious politics thing, which is kind of a weird, interesting thing. <laughs> well, I mean, he's a va- the thing politics. vampires. Well, it's interesting because then because I, I remember it was interesting where they can go into a church. They could be, you know, they didn't have a problem with. I mean, th- these vampires aren't the type of vampires that are repulsed by crosses. And no, hope that. You know, yeah. it's yeah. just for why is he even interested in the human politics of it? I mean, is he still religious, even though he's a vampire? Maybe. Or maybe he's just, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe he's just trying to, you know, maybe there's something that we don't know going on. I really don't know. Yeah, that's a really good question. Because if there is an issue with, some of the the story, um, even if it is very engaging and well done, and the costume design and all that, you know, all that's great. Um, the the thing is, is that we don't really know the background of how the vampires or or any of the them, the witches, and 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 in a lesser extent the demons, since they've always been secondary. Or, or, or third, third class citizens in this show uh, compared to vampires and witches. Um, the we don't we don't really know what their ultimate goal is. Are, are they, you know because wh- why, right exactly why is he a vampire? Why is that dynamic important to the story of re- religious persecution? in London and and why is he involved and what was his goal? Yeah. Or are, as a vampire, is he just like anybody else because he's living in the human world? So being in the human world, is he just, he might be trying to blend in and try to, uh, you know, keep himself out of, out of trouble. Maybe meddling in that wouldn't be just, well, Hiding. (laughs) Yeah, but I I didn't finish my point. My point was is that maybe being in the human world, even if you're a vampire, maybe in this reality of this show, being a vampire is no different than being a, you know, an Italian or a lesbian or any form of identity. In other, in other words his identity is vampiric and originally French, but he's 
in the world, he still plays a part in the human world, just like any anybody else with any identity. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, for example, um, you know, uh, Kevin, you're, you're I believe you're a born again Christian. That's part of your identity, but you still have a job, you still work, you still have a family and whatever. You, you right. see what I'm saying? So maybe it doesn't matter that he's a vampire in the, the scheme of the world. It's just important in his personal surroundings. It's not important in the whole world. So he still has to have a job. He still has to be in the politics and whatever, you know, his goals are there. He just has goals like any, any regular person. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe he's torturing people for the food. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's. <laughs> oh, that, that may be a, a good one. Right. Yeah. Because they kind yeah. of show it where, where they lead off, lead, I mean, or end the episode. Right. They they show it where there's some poor, poor bastard who we're assuming must be a Catholic that's about to be executed or, or tortured. And he being uh, Matthew Royden, he being a vampire, never mind a member of the Episcopal elite, or at least pretending to be a part of the Episcopal elite, uh, to torture these poor religious minorities. This is his opportunity to basically, like you said, feed as a vampire. It could be. I mean, it's just something that came to my mind. I don't know if that's the case or not, but or there's just something about him that makes him, in your own words, Phil, the sociopath. It's possible. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe he, he, uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And and now that he's back to 500 years earlier, in a time when he was more apt to be violent and a murderer of humans compared to modern day uh twenty twenty one or whenever the, you know the modern day of, of discovery which takes place he he you know they don't do that anymore right they they've decided that they're not going to be feeding on humans and if they do they're breaking the you know the vampire code so back then maybe it didn't matter and they were more vicious. And so he's becoming more animalistic now that he's back in 1590. Well, it makes you wonder also because they're not drinking human blood, are they becoming, you know, is that what's causing them to not be able to sire? Well, um, I, mean, I mean, the beginning of the, the first show, the guy tried to sire the, the one guy tried to sire his friend who got hit by a car and it looked like it, it worked at the first, but then he died. So right. I'm wondering if because they're not drinking human blood anymore, that that's causing right. that, that's possible. And hopefully that's, I mean, they may discover that if they find the book. Yeah. Which I find interesting because they don't really need to destroy the vampires. The vampires are going to die out anyway. Yeah, I don't know what, uh, well, one, I, I, I think it's, I think part of it is that the, that the witches want to get rid of the vampires once and for all. 
but then I also think that they want to enslave whoever is left. You know, I mean, they're not going to tell anybody this, but I mean, it, I think that the, the witches want to enslave whoever's left. And, um, maybe that's, maybe that's because, I mean, it's obvious that except for the demons, it seems like the vampires and the, and the witches all kind of have their, their own reasons for wanting that book. And they're, they're kind of keeping it from, because like the demons are just sitting there like, Hey, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of here, you know, I, you know, I mean, I, other than moving very quickly, I don't know what the demon power is. I mean, I don't know what their, what their okay. point is, you know, okay. like what, what is, what do they do? I mean, are they, they move fast and they live long. I mean, other than that, there doesn't seem to be anything else that they do that's um, special at all. So I don't know. Yeah, it's. I mean, we're, we're probably going to learn more and more as as the season goes about because e- even oh, in season one, right? We we didn't really know much about any of the three groups, which is demons and vampires, except they, they've hated each other and they've existed f- for years, uh, meaning centuries, um, and they and whatnot. So maybe we're now going to start finding out the more the more more of the history uh, as we we continue in season two that's 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 what i'm i'm thinking and and not only the history of our main vampire character who, who's as we know is hundreds of years old but vampires as a whole group of, of creatures um are they just the mythical demon monsters of of you know lore and 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 Dracula and, and, and whatever, or are, are they, are they something else? And, and maybe, maybe we'll, we'll find all that out, um, this season. I don't know. Um, and, and were there, were there more back then? Were there less? I don't know either. Um, what do you guys think? What, what do you, what do you think we're going to learn? Uh, I, I guess generally about, the rate, the three race or mythical beasts or versus say the individual characters that, that we're following. Uh, Go ahead. My whole thought is, is that it, it just seems like somebody does not want to know, want people to know the contents of, of that book. I mean, that's first and foremost is that they, they don't seem like they, they want they want anybody to know the contents of that book. So um, that kind of the, the idea of that happens. But I mean, also, it's this. I think I remember in last that, you know, also I think I remember last time, like the, the last episode, like the last season, I said one of the groups and I think it was the witches that wanted to be able to control everybody else or actually more. It was the witches that wanted to be able wanted to be able to destroy all the vampires and if they found if they got that book they would be able to survive or something to that nature and so um i don't know it's that's what it i mean that's how i say in other words the 
the witches are trying to control people and um you know, no one either, they either don't know or they don't want to know, or I don't know. It's just it, the witches want to control. And that's also why they, they were also afraid that this, the Diana would be really, really powerful. So that's why they killed her parents. And because they thought she would be a threat because there was something about her. Yeah. Cause there was something about her DNA that was almost more like pure or like something, something of that nature where it was, uh, I'm trying to go back in my memory, but there's something about her, uh, being very, her, um, her, what you call it, her, her, her DNA or something pure or something like that and and that she would be more powerful and i think that the other witches were afraid that she would get too powerful and she would do something to try to unite everybody i don't know something like that and what were you gonna say uh (laughs) i lost track of what i was gonna say i'm sorry yeah i know i i kind of babbled a bit you know because i was trying to think out loud my bad Sorry about well, that. Well, <laughs> well, let me let me let me put you back on focus uh, because the, what the original question was is is what what do you think um, we're going to learn about the three mythological beasts or, or races uh, as a whole this season versus okay. uh, just following our, our main characters? Got it. Yeah, that helps. Um, I think that we're going to get as little as we got the first season, <laughs> and I think that because of the focus is on what they're going to do um, in the historical time period rather than what the different races, supernatural races are doing necessarily. Does that make sense? Like he's involved in human politics. I feel like if he's able to involve himself in human politics, then the supernatural politics don't seem like they're going to be at the fore. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that I feel like we won't get as much as we maybe want in the second season, as far as supernatural answers. Right. Right. Depending yeah, on and, and that, stay in okay. the past, you know, it could be like if it's half the season that they're in the past, then maybe the other half of the season, they'll be back in the present day and we'll get more, but that's kind of, well, and, and that makes sense because again, um, in a sense, the book and what's in the book and what its meaning is, is kind of like, you know, the the Ark of the Covenant, you know, to Indiana Jones. So the, once you find it and once you find out what's in it, it's effectively over. And if it's not over, they're going to have to reinvent, I guess, the show, similar to how Supernatural did um after I think season five, I think it was or whatever, where where you know effectively the the main storyline ends, and then it's like okay, do we just end the show or do we turn the show into either something different or f- have another big mystery and and hope it works? Well, you know, so I, sometimes I, you're going. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, um, please forgive me for interrupting. I I, I don't like it, but uh, I, I do it all the time. So I, or interject. I, so I'm not worried about it. Allow me to interject, okay? Um, because one of the things that I remember 
Oh, crumbs before I forget. Because uh, I know they were talking about origins, you know, because that was the whole point of the that was the whole point of this book was the origins. It was the origins of the three of the three races or the three creatures is what they called it. But the thing is, is that I remember reading somewhere or hearing somewhere that it was a part of a trilogy of, you know, it was a part of a trilogy. So, I mean, I'm guessing that we are in the second part of the trilogy. So we're talking about a, a three season show probably. And with that, it's very possible that what we're going to be doing is this, you know, last season, it's okay. We introduce and we all that this season, it's all right. They are in uh, old England and they're going to find the book at the end and they're going to discover what it's all about and come back to present day and then the third season is going to be what to do about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking this is, this season is going to be more finding the book, trying to figure out how to get back. <laughs> yeah. How to try to figure out how to get back and then maybe have to eliminate one more of the, the villains or, 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 or some, extra mini villain will come in and they have to, to fight it off similar to um, last season when um, they had to, to kill off that, uh, I forget her name, um, the the curly-haired attractive vampire from Venice that they killed well, in the barn. Remember was, her? She seemed more of a minor character to me. Oh, there's no doubt she was a minor character, but but I mean, rather than wiping out one of the three main villains, they, they oh. had to have, have somebody get wiped out. And so they, they created that extra character, which is the minor villain, as you, as you just mentioned. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, so. mean, I think we're going to, I mean, remember at the absolute, well, not the absolute beginning, like the near absolute beginning where you had that older one, they're having this big bonfire and well, okay. It's all. Halloween. Oh yeah. Remember this is all Hallow's Eve. So this is a bit, this is like new year's for the witches. Okay, and Wicca. Now, now all Hallow's Eve is that is that the thirtieth or the thirty first? That's thirty first. So it's, it's Halloween 30, night, basically. It's Halloween. It's Halloween. Yeah. So then they because they said you know it's all Hallow's Eve, so or it's Hallow's Eve, whatever. So essentially, this is like the big holiday for you know for the for the for the pagans, okay, for the witches uh, or however you want it for Wicca, that sort of thing. I mean, this is a this is a big holiday. This is you know, probably either one of the biggest, if not the biggest, because this is also like at the time they, they, they did the big bonfires because in their, I think in their mind, it's like they were recharging the sun. And that's also the night where, you know, the, the veil between life and death was at its thinnest. So that's why people would uh, dress up into uh, scary outfits and all that to try to scare off the, the bad spirits and all that sort of thing. But the thing is, this was a big night uh, for people of the, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just call them witches because the show does. So don't worry about anybody who's upset. You know, if you're a Wiccan or whatever, again, we're, we're going to just use the terms of, of the show. Right. Well, I mean, they don't mind being called witches either. Sure. sure. But, but what, what we're going to define witches as, as what we have in this show, because, well, okay, let's just, okay. Anyway, so so we won't get the hate mail. We don't want hate mail. Right. Right. Well, like (laughs) I think witches mean mind being called witches because they're like, yeah, so. But anyway, um, 
but the women, okay, even though I went really roundabout, let me get back to my point is you had this elderly woman, elderly woman, sorry, elderly woman who was talking about a prophecy of a powerful witch coming on that night, coming in that night. And the minute she gets it out of her mouth, it fl- you know, we flash towards the street in London and Matthew and Diana pop in. And so you know that Diana is this prophesied witch that is to appear. Now I have now I have a strong feeling that you know we're that's not the last we've seen of that witch. You know I know that I have a feeling that we're going to see her again. She may be a mentor. She may be in it. I don't know, but we haven't seen the last of her. I think that's that's an interesting question yeah because uh basically what happened was is when uh she arrives they have they meet a witch that appears to be an ancestor um of uh the witch that gave them the chess piece yep and that they were trying to get her to be i guess a mentor or or or, or someone to help out diana in in this this um new world uh, you know, 1590 world, I guess. Um, and that kind of backfired. So whether that is just a temporary issue and eventually they'll get together again with her may happen, but also you're right. It could be something else. There could be a uh, do ex machina, like this, this elderly witch. And, and, it, and to be, to be honest, it wouldn't be a, a true do ex machina, right? Because, Instead, it would have been a Chekhov witch, right? Chekhov's gun witch, because they, they show her right off at the very beginning of season two. Maybe that woman will now be the, the you know, we know of her. We, we, we've seen her and maybe, yeah, maybe she'll play a prominent role. Um, or it could just be a scene that wanted us, uh, the audience to know that the witches know an you know, their quote unquote Messiah in a sense has, is arriving in 1590 from the future. Or just some prophesied, witch that's going to do something, you know, I, I mean, I don't know yeah. if I go far to say Messiah, but you know, pretty- I, I, well, I, I agree. I agree. I, I just, I just couldn't think of a better term, but you're right. A prophecy of an important witch right. uh, is, is good enough. And, and when I say Messiah, uh, all I meant was, important I, I well i mean messiah technically means anointed one so i mean it's not that yeah it, it means anointed one i mean a king could be anointed one a prophet could be an anointed one but but i mean when we're talking messiah here it's i i know it i know well, what you're yeah yeah you, you know what i mean right right because de- technically if we use it in that term as you just mentioned based off a of definition versus the religious term of what messiah means diana could possibly be that anointed one, right? Because right. because based off of her coming out as a witch to the witch community in like, season one, it showed that she may be the, the 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 quote unquote one because she's the only one that could read the book or find the book for that matter. Get the book. The book, the book, book, book. Yeah. <laughs> which is possible. Yeah. <laughs> He's the witch, which is possible. Uh, let's see. Right. Um, 
Okay, so what, what else did we want to discuss? Uh, in, in, I mean, in specifics or, or general terms uh, based off of this episode or what we're, we're feeling is happening or going to happen or specifics that happened in the episode or the characters, anything? I mean, it's really, <laughs> there's so much going on, it's hard to say what's going to happen. Um, I mean, we've talked about a few of the details, like her seeing, you know, that witch, following that witch, um, and then the conversation with Kit at the end, which I think is pretty important, um, telling her that she's out of her depth with Matthew. Um, and then we did talk kind of about what she did um, in the synopsis when she she basically made all that fruit go rancid, didn't she, when she was trying to make the candle light? Right, yeah. That's kind of like the sign of an evil witch, if, you know classically <laughs> true true um so i i feel like that's why that woman seemed worried but maybe to other witches that means something entirely different too i don't know yeah, yeah. It, oh go ahead i just said i didn't think about that but hey it, it's that's very possible right like because all right all right what's i first of all i i was somewhat confused why she couldn't just light the candle because yeah. because you know obviously she can time trip we've seen all the powers that she learned how to do in the second half of season one so now we're just talking about you know turning on a, a candle without a, a match so or flint in that era so if you, you figure she, she could have done it but I, I was confused why she couldn't that's the first thing i remember in the first season they were even having a hard time training her because they started trying to train her and she was very yeah. difficult to train so i think it has something to do with that um her difficulties i think that she her power is more vast and so they don't they can't necessarily train her they don't know how to train her um things she does are unexpected all right that that's that's good enough i guess of an explanation so yeah, that being she, she going, can barely light a fire but she can time travel and, yeah you know it's like i can't you know do a simple thing like light that candle but i can teleport myself from here to the barn you know 15 seconds into the future and you know, things like that and turn a whole bunch of fruit old and rotting just like that. I mean, it's so to her, the hard things are easy, but the easy things are hard. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. And that's fair because yeah, you're right. Right before they time tripped, she was really just beginning to learn her powers, I guess. Yeah. And she still wasn't powerful enough to, to beat the finish wish. Right. She was getting frustrated by all the easy things they were asking her to do. But all of a sudden she time trips, you know, into the future 15 seconds. Well, yeah, she was getting frustrated that she couldn't time trip. Or, yeah, she was getting frustrated that she couldn't. Because, I mean, the way they made it sound, which is kind of funny, is um, the woman that played her aunt, like her um, her uh, guardian, uh, you know, it's like, you know, I'm sorry if this sounds, it almost sounds like they were trying to teach her to read Dick and Jane books. You know, sure. but the thing is, she can't read. It's it's almost like Einstein. He couldn't do simple mathematics, but he can figure out E equals MC squared. 
you know, I mean, that that's kind of what it sounds like that that was the problem that they were, she's having is that she's kind of like Einstein where she can't, you know, as far as I remember, Einstein had a tough time with simple arithmetic, but he was a genius when it came to astrophysics and things like that. So just right. You know, or if we want to look at something in, in, in film, you know, like Rain Man, right? Dustin Hoffman's character could do incredible math, but he, he had problems um, doing simple tasks. Right. So she she could do yeah. the big stuff, but she can't do the, the simple tasks just yet. For example, right. um, I think she's going to have a hard time finding someone that can train her because her powers are so vast. It's hard for them to even understand her. Right. I, I mean, it is always possible because, you know, we, we see where, you know, you have a phenomenal talent in, say, tennis or ice skating or golf or whatever. You know, so a prodigy, for example, or, or even a guitar player or a songwriter or whatever, they're prodigies. But people who are less talented than them, with with abilities that aren't as good as any than their 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 the person they're teaching, can still uh, train them, right? So you, you know, you know, Tiger Woods' father supposedly trained, you know, was was no golfer compared to his son, and, and he helped train his son to become great. Or or Nancy Kerrigan, his uh, trainer was you know just some local. Bostonian trainer, and and she was able to be trained by that person to be win you know uh, silver at the Olympics. So it's it's possible, you know Serena Williams, uh, you know on and on and on. Um, but um, so it's possible. Now the the second thing I have is is you know, why was she created? Did the fruit die? Was, was it's my guess? It's because like you said, she she just doesn't know how to user power and, and it just backfired but the witch that she was showing trying to light the candle to and then mistakenly killed the fruit made she she looked at it as as possible evil black magic or something of that nature and so i think because her power is is so crazy and she doesn't know how to use it yet she's getting uh, she's scaring people to think that she may be evil, and even though that obviously we know she's not, right? Right. Yep. All right. That's how I picture it. Right. Right. Because it kind of freaked her out that the fruit died. Um, that that other woman, and yet we already know Diana, and we know that she's not evil by any means. So, um, if we were, you know, because we're following through her perspective, the show basically versus say this, this random witch that came in to try to train her. And so that random witch, if we were following her perspective, we would think, Oh my God, we have some evil creature here. Um, that's all I can think of. Um, all right. So, yeah. So basically if they, they're getting her to trying to find a trainer for her in England, they're assuming they're going to be there for a couple of months. I think they actually even said that, right? That they're they're hoping to get out of there as soon as possible, but it may be even one or two months is what they're saying, which basically means that probably the entire season two. I don't see how they can have any idea when they're going to leave at all because she has to learn magic. <laughs> well, can, can they time? Could she time trip back into the future? They're, the way they're talking about it, no, she doesn't know how to. But you would think she could because she did that 15 seconds into the future. So 
I'm a little confused as far as that because she she did the time tripping without any real prompting. You know what I mean? Like she should yeah. be able to do that in the past, go back to the future. But they're talking about her having to learn magic to be able to do it. So I don't know. Right. Yeah, because that's kind of scary to, to time trip back to 1590. Maybe not for him because, you know, he he's he's lived through that period. But and so even if he gets stuck in that period, he can still handle it. Uh, but, yeah, for her, yeah, that must be, be scary, especially if she says, oh, I can't get us back. I mean, obviously, you know, she, she'll have to. I mean, but. But, yeah, I mean, from the scary. character's perspective, yeah, she, if she didn't know the, how to get them, get them back, that was a scary proposition to be the way to get away from the enemy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, what else did we want to discuss? Any any other things about this episode here uh, in specifics or general that anybody wanted to bring up? I just really liked the costumes. I thought the costumes were amazing. I really liked the first um, outfit he was wearing with that hat and everything when he first gets dressed when they get there. I really like. Oh that. yeah, 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 yeah. And, cool. and how he wears the hat to the side like they did back in those days. To yeah, like the, you know, like a bard or something. Yeah. yeah, and hers were very elegant too. Was, I said, I'm just thankful he wasn't wearing tights and a codpiece. Right, yeah. right, right. right. Yeah, well, you, uh, even her, she she had like at least three different outfits. She had the um, the the peasant outfit, which looked really good, and then she had the outfit that was like over the top. And they said, all right, we got to change that. And then she had the final outfit, and that was pretty good too. I felt so. Yeah, yeah the costume designers did really good. I felt. Um, and, and even, even the set locations and stuff, because, you know, they, they look just like, it looked just like Game of Thrones. Anybody who's watched that show, um, you know, like the, the, um, the bar and uh, the, or, or the castles or, or, or any of the buildings, I mean, it all, all was, um, similar to that. So, so the, the time setting, uh, you know, the set pieces are, were always, always really good. Um, what about this, this Christopher guy, this kit guy? Do you think he's going to be a problem the entire season or not? I do not think he'll be a problem. I think he'll become an ally of some sort. Um, well, yeah. I don't know how close an ally, but I think that he's starting to feel something for Diana. Yeah, I mean, at one point, I mean, he, they're sitting in front of the fire having a drink. I mean, that's generally something enemies don't do unless you're James Bond. Well, I was wondering if he was going to try and poison her. That was going through my head right at that point. Yeah, yeah. When he says, you want some wine? That's the first thing I thought, too. He's going to try to poison her. That's too funny, Barrett. We're thinking the same thing. I was like, I can't believe she's taking that that drink from him. Actually, that crossed my, actually, now that you mentioned it, that crossed my mind, too, because I was kind of watching to see if he was going to drink it or not. You know, but then I, I, it almost seemed like she was watching, too. Like, she was watching him to see if he would drink as well. Yes. You know, so, I mean, I think she kind of figured out, okay, it's because, I mean, they, yeah, I think she figured, because, I, like I said, I think she was thinking the same thing. Because well, let's look at their, someone okay. as a witch was a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah, well, right. let's look at their perspectives, right? His his perspective is she's bewitching his friend. Right. Right. And so she's evil. And her perspective is 
this guy just ratted me out to a bunch of strangers in, in a, a bar that could now come and hunt me down because they think I'm a witch. You know, so so it's not good either way. So, yeah, that's the first, first thing I felt, too, about the wine. I did love the little kid they brought in to try to get information because basically they were trying to figure out how people oh, yeah. found out that she was a witch and the rumor was going around that she was a witch. And so they asked this, this homeless kid who, who, you know, hears stuff on the street. I know. Everything. And yeah, here's everything. And he, you know, that's a, a, a kind of a, a cliche, but you know, so be it. Um, and he says where he heard it. And so they immediately know that it's, 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 it's a guy at the, at the bar and they know, they pretty much going to figure out how that guy at the bar heard about it. It was from Chris. And the thing is, is I love how the kid goes, oh, I'm not worried about, about you people. And they go, why not? Cause there's no such thing as a witch. Right. Yeah. I love that. That was awesome <laughs> because it's true. There's no such thing as a witch. So, so, you know, it, if, if there, this was the real world and we weren't in the a discovery of witches uh, universe and we we're just in, you know, our world as we have here in our ancestors world you know there's no such thing as witches though, though that was just made up by kooks so it, it's kind of funny that the little boy would say that you know so I, I like the little boy reminded me one like one of the baker street irregulars because that's essentially how Holmes described them as they go everywhere they go everywhere see everything and nobody notices that they're there Right, right. And a Game of Thrones, they they had them too, and they were called little birds. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, you're absolutely right, uh, Kevin. It's a um, we've seen it in, in other stuff too, Game of Thrones, Sherlock Holmes, and and here. And, I mean, it's it's a it's a pretty pretty obvious cliche in in this type the period piece type of of uh, books, I must say. Uh, but it works, right? It works. Well, in in many ways, it's true. Cause yeah, really- especially at the period piece, right? A lot of right. uh, there was, you know, orphan kids weren't even orphanage in orphanages; they were just street kids. Yep, right. you know, youth beggars or well, he- they caught. He was a pickpocket. Yeah, that's how they yeah. got him. How they that's right. how they quote unquote met him is that he tried to pick Matthew's pocket. Sure. sure. Yeah. Actually, there was a, another movie on Shutter, um, uh, in twenty. 20- 19 that was pretty popular uh foreign language film uh mexico um got really good reviews uh and it was called uh something about tigers and um that was all about modern day present day mexico city horror film um about street kids tigers I i guess there's a lot of them in 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 mexico city you know, they're not an orphanage, they're just on the did street. You, did you do an episode of that called uh, Tigers Aren't Afraid or Tigers Aren't Scared? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the, exactly. Yep. We did an episode on it yeah, on the Dark Discussions podcast, one of our right. uh, spinoff uh, podcasts or, or one of the podcasts of the, the flagship, Phil. Come on. The flagship podcast. That's right. And, and we, we didn't go into the website yet and where people can find us and all that. We'll do that at the end of this episode here. Um and, and, and mention it further. So, so yeah, yeah. So even even in modern day, in some cities around the world, you know, the, the, these type of kids actually do exist. So it's cliche or not, it's 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 unfortunately, a, you know, a true thing in a sense too. So, 
Um, let's see, what else? Anything else that we wanted to bring up specifically related to this episode or those things that um, are surrounding the season itself? No. Nothing comes to mind. Yeah. What about you, Barrett? You, you brought up the, the, the clothing and, and, and stuff, and and we we talked about the architecture. Anything else? Nothing else? No, not really. Uh, I think we've covered quite a bit of this episode. Um, I think, you know, we covered it as deeply as you can in, in our session. It, it's a very deep episode, so you got to pay attention when you're watching it. So. <laughs> It, it is. It is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not one of those TV shows. At least, at least this this last episode, anyway. It was not one of those episodes that you could, you know, fiddle with your your iPhone or read a book while while it's on in the background. If, if you're not paying attention, you, you're gonna get become lost pretty quick. Yeah, sneezing, yeah. you're gonna miss something. Yep. Yeah, it's true. Um. All right. All right. So. Uh, Let's, let me see. Uh, someone named Philippa Langdale is directing next week's, and Susie Conklin is writing next week's. Um, in the UK, it's premiering January 15th. In the US, it's January 16th. And we will be recording the episode on January the 17th and hopefully releasing it on January the 18th. Um, before we get into our final thoughts on this episode here and do some house cleaning on the podcast, uh, anybody have any thoughts on what they think is going to happen in next week's episode? Unfortunately, this series doesn't have titles. So, you know, like me and Barrett, for example, are doing a, uh, Don't Tell Me, I'll Tell You, The Stand podcast, a weekly podcast on the television series, The Stand on CBS All Access, they actually have titles. So we always try to decipher what the title will mean here. Obviously, the title is simply episode two, so it doesn't help. So we only can guess based off of what we saw in this week and also the preview because they did have a, you know, they do play at the end of the episode preview for next week. Um, anybody get any information out of the preview for next week or just thoughts based off of what we saw this week? Uh, what may happen next week? Well, next week we're going back to present time. Okay. At least for a little bit, you know, and that's, that's all. I mean, there, all I remember was Alex Kingston, the woman who plays the guardian talking about them being in back in time. And that's all I really remember. So that's all I got. Yeah, it was a very fast preview. It was almost hard to follow. <laughs> yeah, it was like, wait, Just, what? Yeah. It was almost. It was almost like, don't bother. Right. I wasn't sure if I was watching a uh, like something that was previewing the whole season, or if it was the next episode, or what. So yeah, it was a little. It looked bit... like next episode, but I don't know. I mean, it, it, all it looks like is that we're going to be back in modern times, even if it's just for a little bit. Because obviously they're carrying on the fight on modern day, you know, because, you know, because like, for example, in modern day, when they were examining the, you know, when the, when the bad guys were examining the, the room and it's like, okay, well, they're back in time, but they still had their plans. They still had stuff that they were going to do. And 
that's about it. I mean, I don't know if they knew any, and I also wonder if they know anybody that can jump back in time as well, or they're just going to try to prepare. So when the, you know, when the duo comes back, uh, they'll be ready for them. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't even think it was that long, right? The preview. I mean, no. sometimes you get you get previews that are really trailers, right? And they're like two minutes, but but sometimes they're only like twenty, thirty seconds. I think this was one of the ones that were close to the twenty, thirty second ones, don't you? Yeah, yeah. At least it felt that way, especially the way they filmed it <laughs> or way oh, they yeah. edited it together. Sure, sure. Um. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're we're just gonna have to wait until next week to really get a. F- feel of, if well not a feel but actually see it and, and know what, what's going on um, and we'll be back next week to talk about that but uh, before we do let's give our final thoughts on uh, this episode here uh, why don't you go Kevin uh, I'm glad that season two is on I'm glad that the show is continuing it started off well it's not an action adventure but it's a good drama it's fun uh, like Barrett said, and I said too, the setting and the costumes are fantastic. Uh, I like the introduction of the new characters. It, it's I'm I'm glad to be watching this show. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. For me. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it was it was pretty good for an introduction to this new era. Um, enough happened, uh, to set us up for the rest of the season. Um, though, oddly, it, it wasn't, even though it was very in depth and you had to pay attention, it really wasn't as like, um, filled with uh, stuff. I don't know how to explain it. It was like, it was filled with a lot of stuff, but it wasn't filled with a lot of stuff. And that's a complete contradiction. Um, Oddly well, enough, I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 It's kind of odd. It was um, a lot of stuff, but not as much content. Yeah. Right. That, that works. Yeah. And, and there was not, there was, there was a not, it wasn't as episodic, I guess, either. It was, it was uh, fairly straightforward versus, you know, switching from character to another character, you know, because last season, you know, we would switch to Knox and then we would switch to the aunt and then we would switch to Matthew and then we would switch to, you know, here, here we didn't have much of that. So, uh, it didn't feel as that's what I mean, I guess. Um, but it, it, uh, sets us up for a lot of questions that we'll want answered and uh, hopefully we'll we'll find more out as we go. But either way, it was a solid uh, debut for season two. Uh, Barrett. Yeah, I really like this episode. I'm glad I'm watching the show. I liked the first season, and I like how this season started out. Um, the costuming and setting are really, really good. Um, I, always, I was kind of comparing it to Outlander in my mind because it's another time travel back into the, you know, that time period, you know, somewhere in that time period, um, a little more medieval for Outlander, but it's kind of like that. And I like this better actually. Um, and I just think it's a fun show. I think I am looking forward to where it goes and yeah, it's well worth watching. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, unlike last season, which was eight episodes, this is going to be a ten-episode season, so they're obviously putting a little more money into it. Uh, for a TV show that I had no idea even existed, and the only reason I uh, searched it out was because I'm a fan of Teresa Palmer um, and just start, decided to watch it on a whim. Um it, it, it is surprisingly really good, and, and it's actually now getting a lot of buzz, which is interesting, because prior to me bringing it up to you guys late Q3 of last year, um, I don't think any of us had heard anything about it, you know, and, and I just walked into it because Teresa Palmer is someone that I check up on every so often to see what she's up to, because, uh, you know, I like seeing her in the films. So. Yeah, and I had seen previews for BBC America. They were going to have it on, and I meant to record it, and I never did. So I was really glad that it came on to Shutter, and that we decided to watch it and do a review of it. Um, so well, yeah, yeah. I mean, Phil said, "Hey, Kevin, I want Kate. Hey, what? Let's do uh, Discovery of Witches." It's like, all right, fine. And of course, at the time, we were going through Lovecraft Country, so <laughs> and so this was like total breath of fresh air. I'm, I'm, yeah, I guess I'm going to mention Lovecraft Country, but this was a total breath of fresh air comparison, which I think made me like the show even more. And uh, and it sounds like based on what you're telling me about the stand, um, it sounds like I'm dodging a bullet on that one. And this is, again, a, a, a breath of fresh air for you as well. Indeed, it is, uh, because the stand is, is absolutely horrible. Um, and and we, yeah, me and Barrett were saying this last recording uh, that we recorded a couple of days ago, it's a shame that Kevin didn't join us because, you know, we, we read the, the source material. You hadn't read the, the book, The Stand, and it would have been very interesting to see what your thoughts were and if you were even – how badly you would be confused with the show because, you know, we know the book and – the show's just terrible while someone who hasn't read the book would probably think it's terrible, but also wouldn't have any idea what's going on. At least me and Barrett can kind of get what's going on because we, we know the character and what's going on. And I get that, but I just didn't want to do another channel. Right. (laughs) And and to to be honest, nothing against CBS all access, um, except it's just another major corporation besides that problem. Um, Nothing to do with the, sh- the 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 channel because the channel's fine. It's just the show sucks. Yeah. yeah I think one thing I also want to mention so far about Discovery of Witches is that I don't notice anything like any overt political message. No. Yeah. No. This is just a story. Yep. There there is no. I'm trying to rub this message in your face. This is a story. Yes, let's do a story about how people who normally don't get along, let's try to get along. I'm fine with that, you know, but I mean, it's not, you know, there's a Roman, uh, Roman, uh, Romeo and Juliet, Juliet-esque feel for this because you got, you know, two factions that can't stand each, members of two factions that can't stand each other. They're falling in love. Okay, that's old. That's a very old tale. You know, but other than that, there is no trying to shove a message down your throat. This is a story. This is a this is an adventure. This is a romance. This is a drama and it's enjoyable. I can sit back and enjoy it and not feel like I'm getting preached to. 
And I, you know, and that is also a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And, and, and two things, uh, which is, this is one, you know, good thing because, you know, Deborah Harkness, the author um, on social media, she uh, can kind of fall into that trap, you know, talking politics, unfortunately, but at least in, in, in this work, we, we haven't had to see any of that and, and we're just getting good entertainment, uh, which is really what I think all of us want with, with, the terrible things that just go on in the world every day um, and to not have to be bombarded with it. Like we, we saw in say other television series. Um, and also, you know, and I won't name those uh, also, I would, you know, because that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for entertainment. We're not looking for something more than that. Um, and the other thing too, is I do hope the show doesn't get attacked um, by I guess, quote unquote, the woke crowd, because in, in season one, they, they, they were um, they had nothing to be worried about because um, they had a, a, a large, diverse group of characters. Uh, but obviously in this season here, um, there a lot of it's taking place in London, 1590. And I know with Chernobyl, that television series that was on HBO uh, over the summer, which was, which was really good. There were actually people that the woke crowd that were complaining, saying, "Why don't they have any people of color in Chernobyl?" Now, <laughs> right? I mean, in Ukraine, middle of nowhere, Ukraine, and and, and Ukraine, Kiev, and all that. There, there is no people of color. There, they're all Ukrainians and and various Russian, and and you know Armenian or, or whatever you know that happens to live there. there. There is no people of color. So, and and there was a huge backlash on the woke community for their stupidity to say otherwise. So <laughs> I pray to God that doesn't happen here because in 1590 London, you're not going to have, you know, a, for example, a Pakistanian Brit Brit as mayor as you do today. Right. You know, I, you know, so, well, I mean, if, I, you're, if you wanted to be accurate about timelines, if you were going to have a person of color, they were going to be a slave. Right. That's what I was going to say. And I mean, I don't think that's what you want. You know, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. And the thing is, is that I don't even think, I mean, at that time, Britain was not even in India yet. So, I mean, you didn't even have Indians or Pakistanians or Afghans, you know, or anything like that. That didn't really happen. I mean, I'm not, I'm not an expert on British history, but that sort of thing did not happen until way later, you know, and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I know in the 1800s, they were, uh, very much involved in, um, you know, in, in Asia, you know, like with, with Pakistan and, and Afghan, Afghanistan and, uh, and India, you know, I mean, part of Queen, um, Victoria's title was something like Empress of India. So, you know, they were clearly in India at that time, but they were not in India, you know, in this uh, 1590s time. So, I mean, if you were going to get a person of color, chances are they're going to be a slave or definitely downtrodden. And yeah, let's not do that. I agree. So, but should we be insulted and finish people being insulted? Because Teresa Palmer is plain an American and she's Australian. 
And Melin Buska is playing a Finnish woman or a Finnish vampire, and she's actually a Swedish and, and ethnically. So, no, I don't care. I mean, I most I'll be I'll be a facetious. I'm just English and Australian. I mean, I'm just I'm just I'm just being a wise ass. It's like yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if if Robert Downey Jr. can do a pretty decent Sherlock Holmes, and he's American, I really don't care. Right. As long as they act good, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. I don't care what you know. Right. Unless exactly. It feels like it's being done. To, for the sake of diversity, then I start being bothered by it because it's not being done for a reason that makes the movie necessarily right. better. It's a message being shoved down your throat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, but I was just being humorous. It's like, yeah. Who, yeah. I mean, we we see Canadians and Australians and 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 you know, Nicholas Waja or whatever his name is from Game of Thrones plays Americans all the time, and and he's danish you know so so it, it is what it is it's not a big deal yeah. but i'm just hoping that we don't this show doesn't have to worry about that crap that chernobyl did so um all right so for folks uh some house cleaning here for us because um, obviously if you're still listening to us you're enjoying our discussion of this show but uh we are part of the dark discussions network or Dark Discussions Network of Podcasts, or just simply Dark Discussions. Uh, DarkDiscussions.com is a website, a genre website, that discusses all things genre. Uh, we have reviews, columns, uh, release notices, uh, critiques, uh, podcasts, uh, video reviews, all that type of stuff. Uh, it's updated daily with a new, new stories or new uh, items every day. Um, so if you're a fan of genre news, um, darkdiscussions.com should be one of your daily sites to come to. Also, uh, there, as I noted, there's other podcasts on the network. Uh, so, uh, besides a discovery of witches, demons, and vampires podcast, there's other shows as well. Um, for information on those shows, you can go to darkdiscussions.com, but I'll name a couple right here. Uh, one is Don't Tell Me, I'll Tell You. The Stand podcast, a weekly discussion of the CBS All Access TV show, The Stand, based off of Stephen King's television, uh, or I should say Stephen King's book. Uh, we, me and Barrett are doing a weekly podcast discussing each episode of that television show. So if you are interested in hearing a lot of uh, bitching, uh, it's a great place <laughs> to hear. Uh, podcast is awesome. <laughs> yes, the podcast is awesome. Podcast. The show, unfortunately, is not. Uh, also, a couple other podcasts: uh, Halloween Boutique, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, which is a all genre podcast that basically discusses uh, all sorts of uh, genre films. So, for example, the latest episode, which myself, Barrett, Kevin, along with a couple of other co-hosts discussed, was Wonder Woman 1984. So we discussed that film and gave our reviews there. And then the episode even before that, myself, Kevin. And Barrett uh, reviewed Northern Irish film, uh, A Good Woman is Hard to Find, which oddly is, is also on Shutter. Um, so you can check that podcast out to hear more from us. And then uh, the, the flagship podcast, is, as Kevin mentioned earlier, uh, is called Dark Discussions Podcast. That's a weekly podcast that discusses genre films. So uh, examples would be anything that's horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrills, techno thrills, mysteries, grindhouse, and whatnot. Uh, a couple of recent examples of films that uh, have been discussed was 
Anything for Jackson, which is another horror film that oddly is is on Shutter. Um, and then there was uh, Hosts, a British horror film that came out a few weeks ago that um, is kind of a Christmas horror film that was discussed and whatnot. Um, and also you can email us here at Discovery of Witches, Demons, and Vampires, the podcast, uh, your thoughts on the show, and we will read your email on the podcast. And that uh, email is uh, darkdiscussions at AOL.com or just go to darkdiscussions.com and press, and press the contact us link. And uh, a little box will appear. You type in your email there and press send. And it's essentially the same thing as if you emailed us directly. Um, and we will read your notes. Uh, anybody who's related to the show, because uh, I am definitely tagging uh, people on the show um, or part of the show in the tweets that I send out, they may actually have found the podcast too. And if they're listening and they want to send us an email, please do. Uh, so for example, if uh, Teresa Palma would like to uh, come on the show, we'd gladly have you. That'd be awesome. Uh, also, uh, if uh, Teresa Palmer's uh, co-host, or, or I should co-star, Matthew Good, will take you and send the email. Deborah Harkness, send the email. We want to hear from you. Um, but anyway, uh, all kidding aside, I uh, hope everybody's enjoying the show. Um, and I guess with that, uh, Kevin, why don't you lead us out? Thank you very much for listening to us talk about Season 2, Episode 1 of the Discovery of Witches. We hope you enjoyed this and tune in for next week when we will cover Season 2, Episode 2. No!